Hi there, it's Sue, and you're listening to a special 12-part series of Maker to Master, Find and Fix What's Not Working in Your Small Business. This is part 10. Given that many of us are sequestered at home right now, I wanted to do something to balance out the pull to watching the news over and over again. The best thing we can do right now is stay healthy, mentally and physically. That means being active. Go outside for a walk each day, lift weights, or get on your home bike, and think about how you can use this newfound time to be productive. Wouldn't it be great to come out of these times stronger in mind, body, and business? Towards that end, here are a few chapters of my book. Listen to all 12 episodes to hear it in its entirety. On Mondays, I'm sticking with our regular podcast, and then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you'll get these special editions. If you'd like to purchase a hard copy, you can do so on Amazon or at giftbizunwrapped.com. Are you discouraged because your business right now isn't performing as you envisioned? Do you tell people everything is wonderful when inside your stomach is churning because you know it's not true? This book will help you identify where the holes are in your business and show you exactly how to fix them. You'll learn from owners just like you who are seeing real success, growing their companies, and living their dream. In this book, find out how to confirm your business is set up correctly to provide the foundation for growth how to implement pricing strategies that bring in sales and make you money, how to effortlessly attract new customers every day, and balance the making of your product with the running of your business. And finally, you'll discover how to ensure that your business stays open and grows over time. Let's get right to it, shall we? Chapter 43 it's not over yet. Oh no, you can't just pack up and call it a day when a show is over. There are other steps required to make sure each craft show builds upon the others. It's like a set of blocks. If you put blocks one by one next to each other, but separated, you aren't building anything. You only have a lot of individual blocks. But if you stack one on top of another, Now you're getting somewhere. It's the same thing with a trade show or craft fair. The first thing you'll want to do after a show is fill any orders that were placed, if it wasn't a cash and carry event, that is, or you took special orders or were out of stock on something. Timeliness here is important. It's the beginning of a relationship with these customers, and you want them to be delighted with the quick turnaround of your order fulfillment. A nice touch in this case would be to include a special note with the order. Reference them by name and tell them how much you enjoyed meeting them in person. Any extra details of your conversation will impress them and make them feel special, too. With each gesture like this, you are deepening your connection. Also include a flyer highlighting shows you'll be attending throughout the year. Next, add them to your mailing list. You did get their email, didn't you? Gathering emails is the way to stay in touch and make sure future sales are possible. I know you've heard the email topic from me several times throughout this book already, but that's because it's so, so important. 
Up to this point, it's been all about following through on commitments with people who are your new or current customers. Most likely, you've also promised things to others at the show. It may be sending them more information, providing samples, or a wholesale price sheet. Turnaround here is important too. Many show exhibitors are well-intentioned, but never follow through on what they say they'll do. Once they are no longer face-to-face with someone at a show, the promised action is forgotten. It isn't that they don't mean to, it just gets lost in the hectic pace of the event. Consider having a blank notebook for this purpose. You can write down all these miscellaneous promises. Now, take action on these commitments. You will stand out as a true professional, and it will be remembered. Getting back to emails, another project after the show is to log in all the emails you received from people who didn't buy but wanted more information from you. We talked earlier in the section, I want to know you, about tagging your emails. This group of people can be tagged under show prospects. Depending on how fancy you want to get, you can even break them out by specific shows. At first, however, I'd keep it simple and just have a general show prospect tag. Finally, you'll want to take stock of the show. How did it perform for you? Consider things like the ease of working the show, the traffic that came through, and how close they were to your ideal customer. Of course, you'll also take into account the sales you made versus the cost of participation. Make notes for yourself so you'll remember what you experienced. This will help you decide if it's a show you should repeat next year. Particularly if you do a lot of events, this will help you remember one versus another. I'll challenge you each year to drop and add at least one show in your rotation. This allows you to get in front of a new group of people and your shows don't become stale for you or your customers. Shows are hard work, but they can be fun at the same time. Each one is different and you get to meet such interesting people. If you have never experienced one before, I encourage you to do so this year. Craft and trade shows are an event in time. There are other aspects of your business that are present every day. It's easy to get caught up in all the daily tasks that running a business requires. So easy that you forget to step back and see some overarching activities and practices that keep you on track and present possibilities for growth. For instance, did you know there are actions you can take to actually put yourself in Luck's path? Daily stuff. Manicures and massages. I wish I would have had this list of daily truths about running a business when I first started. It's a combination of advice and concepts that I know to be true. They are hard-earned lessons discovered through experience. You will learn them too, but it's nice to hear them up front as well. This first one is something you can take advantage of by being in the know. Chapter 44. Lucky you. Some people attract good things over and over again. They must be naturally lucky, and that's how they've gotten to where they are today. Is there a pang of jealousy when you're watching the morning news and up pops confection creations? They're a local chocolate shop being highlighted for Valentine's Day. Sure, their dark sea salt truffles are out of this world. You're happy for them. But how did they get this opportunity? 
Why couldn't that have been you? Then there's Shelly, whose luxurious coconut oil body lotion is now on the shelves at Whole Foods. You work as hard and your product is just as good, but you're not in Whole Foods. You think, they are just so lucky. Or are they? Here's the problem with luck. It's a lie and a cop-out. It's an excuse you can conveniently use to explain why you are not progressing and seeing the progress that others are. Would you like to start getting lucky too? It's not as random or mysterious as it might seem. The trick to being lucky is to put yourself in luck's path. Luck will not find you if you stay in your home office and hide behind a computer screen hanging out on Facebook. You need to take chances. Be open and observant for opportunities and take action when they cross your path. You're out to lunch with a friend and you find out she knows someone in the divisional office of a chain store you'd like to be in. Ask her if she'll make an introduction. You are part of a Facebook group and there is a discussion on the success you can have at craft shows. Engage in that conversation. Ask questions. Connect with others through direct messages or take actions that can help advance you towards your goal. The next time you're at the local coffee shop, be aware of the conversations around you. Engage in small talk with the people in line with you. It can be at the most random moment when an opportunity presents itself. Chat with the person next to you on the plane. Take interest when you meet someone new at a dinner party. While doing final edits for this book, I took a break and went into a new store, Vintage Bliss & Company, in my neighborhood. Wouldn't you know, the owner Nancy is a designer and has two co-op locations displaying products from local artists. After further discussion, I have now scheduled my first book signing at Queen Bee Artisan Market in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Not bad use of a 30-minute lunch break. Everyday life events are a breeding ground for spontaneous, lucky moments. Watch for them. It's in this way that you can take control of your own luck barometer and increase your chances of being the one others refer to as lucky. Chapter 45. What's Around That Corner? I wish someone would have told me this when I first started. I was so naive. You may be too. I honestly believed I could create a business that would have none of the problems that I'd heard about from others. My website would be enticing and load quickly. I would treat my customers so well that word of mouth would bring in all the sales I needed. My systems from inquiry follow-up to product fulfillment would be world-class. In summary, my business would be the model for others to emulate. Why did I think this? because I was the one creating it. I knew my intentions were solid, and I was determined. But I was living in a fantasy land. I didn't take into account that there would be times when vendors would take days to fill an order. I didn't think about deliveries being delayed due to severe weather. I didn't consider internet outages or unreasonable customers lashing out at employees, or the myriad of issues that arise. What I wish someone would have told me is that being a business owner means you need to become an efficient problem solver. Okay, I'm a quick learner. I get it. Problems will arise that I'll need to deal with. But I was in for another realization. 
At that point, I thought I could easily manage these problems from time to time. Even though I'm a perfectionist, I could handle the imperfect and find the adjustments that needed to be made to get back on track. I grew frustrated, though. Why was it I'd no sooner resolve one problem when another would appear? I'd work through that one, and then two more would need my attention. Seriously, what was I doing wrong? Finally, and I mean finally, I came to understand that there will always be an open list of issues requiring my attention. That's part of being the owner. What I now know and what I want to reinforce to you is this. It's inevitable that there will always be problems on your plate. That's part of what you bought into. It's a reality you just have to accept. Consider yourself told. Chapter 46, Humpty Dumpty. Have you ever heard the concept of working in your business versus working on your business? Changing that one little letter and understanding what it means can have a profound effect on your ability to grow your company. Let's get some definitions going here. Working in your business. This is where you are when you start. You have no choice but to work in your business because you're doing literally everything from determining what vendors to use to paperwork, marketing, and promotion. Then there's making the product, if applicable. Filling and shipping orders, it's all on you, baby. Working on your business. This is the high-level visionary stuff. It's strategy, projections, and planning. It starts with your initial dream of what you wanted to create. Then it continues as you set plans in motion to reach that dream. Along the way, new opportunities or an enhanced vision may be identified that you want to pursue. This happened with Karen at Little Pink Ladybug. Her business started with making little girl hair bows and selling them to local boutiques. A few years later, while working on her business, she identified a new opportunity. Her company now offers hair bow templates. This way, others can create the beautiful, intricate bows that Karen designs. Recently, she had another vision, a tool that could cut ribbon in a V-shape and heat seal the edges at the same time. That's how the V came into existence. The evolution of Little Pink Ladybug happened when Karen was working on her business and advancing it toward the next phase. I hope this example gives you a clear picture and helps you understand the difference between working on versus working in your business. It's a continual struggle to not repeatedly be drawn back to working in your business. It's as if there's a magnet trying to attract you at every turn. It's imperative that you resist this pull. Getting stuck working only in the business leads to a stall in sales. You will have to do a combination of both, but recognizing which one you're doing at any given time is important. Then it is critical that you dedicate enough time to working on your business so you can grow. Chapter 47. Now I know. What is the number one thing that prevents people from starting a business? It's one little four-letter word. F E a R. Fear. Fear stops us in our tracks. Even our best intentions get sidetracked with excuses. Supporting those excuses, when it comes down to it, 
is that we get scared. It helps to acknowledge that everyone, even the most successful among us, gets scared at times. Human nature has provided us with enough self-doubt to last a lifetime. We ask ourselves if we really know what we're talking about. We decide that our designs aren't anything special and a competitor's are so much better. We psych ourselves out because there is another handmade candy shop in the neighboring town. Why should we open another? We wonder if we'll be found out because maybe we're really a fraud. Have you ever been told that your input helped someone out or that your product is beautiful? People drive miles and miles to Adrian's Boutique in Bueller, Kansas, because they love the atmosphere and product selection. For some, it's a weekend event to visit Vicky's shop. If any version of this has happened to you, even once, then you are not a fraud. Since we've already established that this will never go away, you need to remind yourself that you are putting good out into the world. It's worth talking back to that petty little fear companion who pops up all the time. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. James Campbell You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable to enter the cave that holds your treasure. Your dream and your profitable business await you on the other side. Chapter 48, 98.6 Scott was a criminal defense attorney in Wisconsin until the day he had a heart attack in the courthouse. He survived but closed his briefcase on his 18-year career and went off in search of a less stressful life. Today, he's the happiest he's ever been as the founder of Twice Baked Pottery. Scott's life is full and busy being a potter and exhibiting at over 40 shows a year. He's healthy and full of life. For Scott, being a business owner has its ups and downs, but he checks his health and stays in tune with his stress levels. He's one of the lucky ones. I don't think most people who start up a business truly understand how stressful it can be. They choose this life as an entrepreneur because it seems to be full of freedom and spare time. Talk to anyone who has experience and they'll tell you that's the furthest from the truth. Having your own business is full of rewards, but it's hard work and dedication that gets results. That means time in, successes and failures, sleepless nights, and satisfaction and money. It's so easy to sacrifice for the company. I've done it myself. I think, there's no time to go to the dentist or have that regular checkup. I'll get to it in a few months. Then a year goes by and somewhere along the line, health appointments get dropped from the to-do list. Work-life balance may sound like a mellow topic, but continual daily stress and compounding responsibilities can lead to serious health issues. It can wipe away all that you've worked so hard to create, or worse. It is imperative that you stay aware and up-to-date on everything that relates to your well-being. If you don't, all you've worked so hard to build will be for nothing. That's a wrap for this session of Maker to Master, and I look forward to sharing the rest of the book with you in upcoming episodes. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. 
It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 